Surviving trauma often has the effect of inspiring so much fear that if I crack open the door to remembering what happened, or if I think about how much I was let down, then uh, it's not so much opening a can of worms, although some people like that analogy. I actually think of being in a plane when you're landing, and the air stewardess says, be careful when removing things from the overhead bin because things may have shifted during the flight. So I had this image that if I opened that overhead bin, there was going to be this mountain of stuff that would fall out and just bury me. And as soon as I opened that bin, I would become incapacitated for the rest of my life. So I was terrified of doing that. The source of the trauma was being molested by an English teacher who, like most child molesters and pedophiles, groomed his victims, which meant establishing a lot of faith in him, kind of creating a very strong bond. And I had the intuition that that affection and that admiration had been undermined, but I certainly couldn't have said that explicitly when I was 17. However, I do remember in high school feeling like I had lost my moral compass. One aspect of the trauma was that I saw kind of the, the school that I was attending and the adults in my community refused to acknowledge that the trauma had happened and they minimized it. And in many ways, I saw them acting in a way that seemed totally in conflict with these people and these institutions that I had put on this really, really tall moral pillar. And I think that started to provoke a condition of anxiety. And I look at anxiety and depression as like two vines of poison ivy that twist around each other. In college, my experience was very different from high school. High school wasn't easy, but the academic challenges or the social challenges that I ran into were challenges. There were things that I encountered and overcame, or maybe I didn't overcome them, but I didn't feel like they were definitive. Uh, in college, every time I didn't achieve at a level of being exceptional, that confirmed my sense of being a failure, which uh, in a vicious cycle reinforced my anxiety about being a failure and made me more depressed. Some people say time heals all things. And I think if you are living with depression or if you're living with a trauma, time will compact everything. One of the first steps in my recovery was redirecting my anger and my confusion and my pain away from the healthy adults who had been in my community, the healthy administrators who, regardless of their mistakes, were still compassionate, thoughtful people who were in education because they loved children and redirecting that anger 
towards this criminal who abused me and all these other boys. One of the critical things about recovering is being able to kind of recognize that the person that I was when I was molested is not the person that I am now. And being able to hold those two identities, understanding that each contributes to the other, but having the flexibility of thinking so that they can speak to each other. And also flexibility and understanding that the institution where this abuse happened, that institution has changed and not being locked into a memory that is frozen. Another really important part which anxiety inhibits is learning to listen to my physical responses, my emotional responses, and my intellectual responses. These days, if I'm angry and I feel my arms tense up, I recognize that I have to allow my emotions to get a hold of that anger. Or I might be thinking about something a lot, but it's not really connecting on an emotional level. And then there are other times when I'm getting angry, so I'm really emotional, and I realize that I have to think about that and figure out what's making me so angry. I talk about my heart, head, soul, and body, all four of them. Maybe it's a panel discussion, and once they started communicating with each other, recovery became much easier. A crucial in the sense of it being the crux or a turning point in my recovery was being public about the abuse. When I was in my mid-30s, I realized that this experience of abuse kept on surfacing. I couldn't tell you explicitly how or why, but I just knew that it was in my head more than I wanted it to be. And I decided at that point that I was just going to basically have an advocacy campaign. And it was a campaign to publicize not just what had happened to me, but happened to lots of other young boys who are now men and try and answer some questions that had never been answered, like the famous who knew what and when did they know it? And also to try and get the institution to provide some support. I actually started the advocacy campaign just on intuition. For somebody who has something that undermines their emotional self-confidence, if you can do something that you have an intuition for, instead of trying to figure everything out intellectually, or analytically, which was my way of keeping all my emotions at bay, that to me was a really important step, especially because the campaign succeeded and the institution has ended up being a model institution for other organizations in the same situation. And it was the first step towards being able to slowly open that door to my emotions that I was so afraid of. Let's say as a adult, my son had the same experience I had. What would I say to him? 
I would actually listen more than I would say. Because I think the most important thing for a survivor of trauma is that his feelings are validated. And those feelings might change. Uh, the feelings might start off with anger. They might start off as shame. Whatever the feelings are, that boy deserves to be heard and deserves to be heard through each step of recovery. Listening to him, saying back what I heard, asking him for confirmation, understanding that his perspective could change, it could stay the same, there might not be a linear process of recovery. The central prayer of Judaism is Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, which is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, which to me incorporates so many of the things that I've been talking about. Right now, the importance of hearing, but also that you're one. Your emotions are one. Your body is one. They're all one together. And that having good health means that all these parts of you and the young person in you and the old person in you and the older person in you that you haven't even met yet, that's all who you are. When it comes to the trauma, and there's so many different kinds of trauma that people experience, I think the best thing to do is to make your own health your priority. I can't give anybody advice on how to recover from a traumatic experience. I can say that I had a lot of reluctance about bringing it up because I thought it would scare people. I thought it would make other people feel ashamed or hurt or bad that they hadn't helped me. And in order for my recovery to take place, I realized I had to talk about it and I had to make my own recovery my priority, even if it meant that other people might hurt a little bit because of that.